Well, I'm going to speak on a sort of an unusual subject tonight. I'm going to call this sermon Good, Bad Things. Good, Bad Things. And uh, they're not really bad, but I'm going to talk about things that seem bad, that uh, come into the Christian's life. And uh, it, it could be t- easy sometime for us to get so focused upon all the great and mighty things the Lord wants to do for us that we don't see the other side of the coin. And I was really been between two messages before I got up here tonight and uh, I felt like right toward the end the Lord um, wanted me to speak on this. So that's what we're going to do. Over in uh, Psalm 34 and verse eight, uh, 19, it says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Now that is a pretty phenomenal statement there when you stop to think about it. And when it says the righteous, I think sometimes the terminology involves more than just a person being righteous for a little bit or righteous in a certain area where they've trusted God. When it says the righteous, it is sort of a um, a word that brings together, I believe, a, a whole long period of people uh, or of time that people have trusted the Lord over many situations. The righteous, the righteous, not just going through maybe one or two ordeals, but a, a categorization by the writer here uh, defining where a person stands in their journey with the Lord. Now, I've, I, of course, got saved at an early age. And, uh, you know, I mean, and if you did as well, you know that you started meeting resistance at an early age. Whenever you got saved, it didn't matter what age it was. Oh, I know you still had your childhood. You had things that were fun and all those things. But you also started having to deal, even as a child, with resistance. And we can't deny what this says. It says, many, many are the afflictions of the righteous. In order to become categorized as a righteous person... In, in, who's been declared in right standing with God. And more times than not, that is not just dealing with what the world or the, even many of the church's definition of righteous would be. Usually we think about righteous as, uh, you know, doing good and being moral and being ethical and upstanding. And that's all part of it. That's part of the making and the shaping of us as children of God. But the, the, the greater and larger meaning of righteous in the Scripture is, if you study it, is, is a person who is in declared in right standing with God. And in right standing, it's always involving the issue of faith. So there's as many cars out on this par- parking lot tonight and uh, down through the years, I don't know how many different situations of faith we have right now. You might be in a new situation 
I know in this season of my life right now that uh, in the last few weeks, I've been having to trust God in a new area. I can't tell you how many times I've had to go to the Lord. I've been blessed. I've been able, as the Lord said, uh, the Lord delivers us out of them all. But I can't tell you how many times I've turned uh, to the Lord for a certain organ of my body, for a certain situation in the operation of my body or uh, something in my family or in this area or that area. So out here in these cars tonight, there's all kinds of different situations. So right now in my life, in the last few weeks, it's been sort of a little rough patch, something I've never encountered before, you know, in a, in a not down in health or anything, but just, just having to face something that, that was trying to, you know, make me not, not feel that well and so forth. And so another, another situation where I'm called upon to rise up and trust God for a new area. I wonder if any of you might hear tonight in this service be saying, well, you know, Pastor, um, I'm in sort of a new situation. I've got something right now that uh, it's a little different from what I've ever had before. Something that I'm having to trust God in a new area for that, that, you know, I haven't really had to deal with this particular situation before. If that's your case, maybe no one here is in that situation. But if that's your case, let me hear your horn blow. Yeah. Yes, it is. Why come the Lord for us to be declared righteous? We go through many situations to see if we're going to take that through to faith till the Lord imputes that righteousness to us, sends His grace, and then brings the deliverance out of that situation, and then we'll go on to another. And we become more and more developed by the Lord as we trust Him for more and more things in our life. There's at least four different situations where, you know, that, that, that can be generalized in which we have to face up to difficulty and resistance. Well, one is simply that, that, that we're in a fleshly body here. And when we give our lives to Jesus, and what is He calling on us to do? To become the image of Christ. He's calling on us to be formed. In, in Romans chapter 8 it says, um, among those He called and justified and so forth, He predestined that they would be conformed to the image of His Son. So when you begin to start being informed and the flesh has to be crucified and died, and you have to, in different situations of your life where the flesh wants to rise up uh, and control you or not submit to the will of God, Situation after situation, God puts His finger on it and says, Okay, we're going to deal with this situation right now. You're going to have to trust me to change you in this area. You have to trust me to make you what I want you to be. And if you go through the Scripture, i got another sermon I preach called Miracle Made, that God is seeking to make every one of us into His own individual masterpiece. And the Lord will not relent. He will not stop. Once you give your life to Christ, it's from one thing to another. He says, I'm going to take you on a faith journey and you're going to have to trust me in situation after situation after situation. Once we accomplish and once we become righteous in one area, Declared righteous by faith where you've completed trusting God and you've been changed in that area. He said, we're going to move on to something else. And so you have to, uh, you know, be changed into the image of the Lord. So that's one thing. Another thing is, is that 
when the Lord calls us to do something for His honor and His glory, where we have to go out and do something that, that is difficult for our mind or the flesh. You take great heroes of the faith like Abraham and those people in Hebrews chapter 11. We talk about their great accomplishments and the great things they did. Some of it required long periods of time. Some of it was in shorter periods of time. But I can assure you that the, that's called the faith chapter, but it's also the grace chapter. Because faith releases grace. Grace is the power that brings it to pass. Faith is the thing that activates the grace. Faith has to go up to heaven and be approved by God. And then God declares if we have authentic faith and if He does, He imputes righteousness to our account in that area. And He says, you're righteous. Now notice it says here, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But, why? Because that person has determined that through thick or thin, come hell or high water, I'm going to meet every situation by the grace of God. I'm going to face every conflict. I'm going to face every enemy by the grace of God until I have conquered that enemy, until I have fulfilled God's plan in that area of my life. I'm going to meet it. I'm going to face it. I'm going to stand. There will be times you don't even feel like it. I remember when I went through two, two breakdowns, and of course my family and church family here, I was uh, living in Mobile one time, and here the second time stood by me. There were times that it got so bad, you say, how can this happen? It got so bad, I couldn't believe for myself. I couldn't. I couldn't believe. I mean, I just didn't, at that particular point, I didn't have faith, but but there were those who knew that I would come out of it by the grace of God. And once God started speaking to my heart, you know, I would trust and be able to come out of that. You know, and then there have been other times when something would come to me and I would have strong faith and it wouldn't take that long. And I would overcome it more quickly and sort of things like that. But here I am. How many things have you been through? God's been writing your history. He's been writing my history. So... When we have to go out, those heroes of the faith, they're, they're all different kinds of stories that required all different kinds of things to be done. Unique, individualized, because God determines your path. God determines the course for you. God determines the course for me. And my course is not your course. Your course, now there will be similarities in different things that we go through. But He is going to individualize each and every one of our lives for His honor and His glory. That's why Paul could say at the end of his life, although he was not saved in the early years, he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. After he got saved, there was a whole different course for him. And, and he said, I have kept the faith. So the keeping of the faith should be the thing of the end when we get down to the end of our life. But he said, the, if many of these afflictions, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So, anytime affliction comes, regardless if it's coming from a straight out resistance from the devil, uh, you know, and just coming against my life, if it's tribulation or persecution arising because of the word, because of. Bible's already said in the great parable of the sower, when uh, different things where that seed falls, 
And one of them was, it says that, you know, a person receives the seed gladly with joy. And then when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, they are offended. How many people do you think are out there that after they got saved because it got hard, because tribulation or persecution came, they lasted for a little season, but they're no longer there. But no, the righteous, defined as righteous people by God, they remained. They stuck it out. That's why the Lord said, one by one, He delivers them out of them all. They take them on one by one. They face them one by one by faith. They don't stop until their faith has released the grace. To, see, the grace force has to be greater than the resistance force. Amen. That was one of the things I was thinking about talking on tonight, but... You know, when they send those guys up in those rockets, you probably heard about the four guys that recently went up the space capsule, and uh, they were civilians, first four civilians, and they paid $55 million each to go. $55 million each. But once they got in that space uh, craft, in order to get out of Earth's gravitational pull... And, of course, they were going to have a lot of gravitation on them when they were leaving. But in order to get out Earth's gravitational pull to get into that other realm, to get in that space realm where there's, uh, you know, I guess hardly any gravity where you can float around, that must be a unique feeling. Maybe not worth $55 million. I prefer to wait till the Lord takes me up. Amen. Amen. He's already paid the price. I'm going to get a free ride. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but once they blast off in that rocket, there has to be more force in that rocket ship than there is in all the gravitational drag of this earth that keeps them earthbound. The power of that rocket ship has to supersede the gravitational power of the earth. And once it escapes the bounds of earth's gravity, they're in a brand new realm. Once grace carries you past your trial, past your affliction, past your failure, by faith, once grace has carried you into that realm, you've entered a new realm of righteousness in that area of your life. Glory to God. So I, I stand here today to say there's different areas of righteousness that people right here are trusting God for tonight, right now. And there, there's, there's other areas of your life that you might have just said, well, this is just natural. It's not going to work anyway. It's so easy for something to crop up in your life where God promised you a blessing, where God promised you victory, and you say, well, and, and, and sometimes it's just easier just to back up and say, well, I accept it that way. I've got a lot of good things going for me, but if it's against the plan of God and the blessing that He intended on your life, then it's mine and your responsibility to rise up and say, I contest this. I, I won't accept it this way. I have a better promise. I have all the promises of God, and it's my responsibility now to stand up on this. But I was saying those heroes of faith, you look at the great men, and then you get down to the latter part of the chapter, you see where faith took them in a different direction. It says some of them were tortured. Some of them wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. 
They couldn't right at that particular point. They couldn't uh, claim all the blessings of material prosperity in their life. If you're living in a country, I mean, if you're in the Ukraine right now and you're a Christian, you can't focus in upon some of the, uh, you know, maybe promises that we would in this country because when you're under the covering of whatever principalities are in that nation, you come up under the influence of those principalities. You have a different contest that you've got to face. They're facing a contest of tremendous fear. You know, one of them was standing up today there in Maripol and said, we're probably in our last days, in our last hours. We're outnumbered 10 to 1. There's still civilians there. They've got to believe for something uh, uh, altogether different than what you're believing for tonight. So these people, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, they were not worthy the world was not worthy of these people. That's how great of Christians that the, the writer of Hebrews said that, that some of these great Christians that were tortured and, and, and they wandered about hiding in dens and caves of the earth. The Bible says, I mean, you, you take all the fancy elite people of this world, the money people of this world, the big shots of this world. They don't hold a candle to that kind of person. The people that's suffering for our Lord and Savior, the people who are being martyred, the people who are being tortured and persecuted, they are so far above these highbrow people in this world that there's no comparison. And so he said it's uh, the afflictions of the righteous. We could go and read a lot of scriptures. Let's see. Let me read just a couple here. Let's see what Genesis 41 verse 52 has to say here. I don't... Look, every time I preach, every time, and I've been preaching for nearly 60 years, I meet resistance every time before I preach. While I'm called to preach the Word of God, I'm confronted with my innate weakness, my inability, that without God's help, I don't know what to share with the people at that point in time. I don't just usually pick out something to preach. That's not the way my ministry has been. My ministry is usually waiting on God for Him to say, what is it that I need to share with the people? That in itself is a test of faith a lot of times because sometimes you may not know until the very end. And I've stood on the front pew of of churches where I pastored with my sermon prepared. And have the Lord say at the last minute, without anything I had studied or any notes, this is what I want you to preach on this morning. So, in Genesis chapter 46, we all know the story of Joseph. Looked like I'm getting one point here tonight out of seven. Maybe. <laughs> Genesis, uh, I'm sorry, let's see, Genesis 41, first of all. I've said good, bad things. The psalmist said, it's good for me that I've been afflicted. He said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But so, so, um, so you know, we, we all know that our, as the old song says, uh, how's it said, um, uh, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. But, Joseph was down there in exile, and how many years was it before he got this advanced blessing? This was a biggie. Now, some of the biggie blessings of God that we read out in the Bible, how God greatly and mightily used people, they went through years. They went through years of preparation 
and and ups and downs and having to come to points of faith where they could trust God. People like Moses and people like Abraham, these were not just some of, we read about their, their major accomplishments, but that, that took years of, of, you know, having to ward off doubt and uncertainty and God would make them a promise. And they stood in there, and, and, and then, of course, they had all the daily things of life like we all have, that we don't read about all those stories of their life. But in Genesis 41 and verse 52, it says these words. This was Joseph's testimony. Well, verse 51, Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God said he hath made me forget all my toil in all my father's house. Joseph went through all these things. Could he have evaded and avoided some of the things he went through if, if he had handled his vision a little different when he was young and maybe prideful? Perhaps. Perhaps he could. But God already knew the route it was going to take. Joseph didn't handle it different. He did what he did at that time. And, and whether he could have gotten to where God wanted him to be as a prime a minister of Egypt some other way, Maybe he could have. But in the plan of God, it all seemed like it had to end up happening this way. He called the name of the firstborn Manasseh for God, he said, hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim, for God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction, in the place of my pressure. In the place of my difficulty, after all, look, our first and foremost objective in our life is, is it to know the blessings of God? Well, that's certainly uh, a part of it because the, the Lord wanted to bless man when He created him. But above and beyond that, the first and foremost objective of my life is to glorify my Creator. To glorify the God who made me. And whatever is in the, I don't, I don't think to sing the cards, that wouldn't be good. But whatever is in the, in the path that it takes. You know, I was thinking about the Lord's Prayer just uh, two or three weeks ago. Um, and, and I got just a little new light there on uh, the Lord's Prayer. I felt like where it said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then we go through and we pray the different things. And nearly every one of those things, the second thing he said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Well, we know his will can't be done unless his kingdom comes. And the other things can't happen unless his kingdom comes. It's the kingdom of God released in us by faith. The kingdom has to come in order for the will to be done. But also, what is the most important verse in that entire Lord's Prayer? As far as I'm concerned, it's verse 1. Because every other part of that prayer is not just for me. It is when they are fulfilled that I hallow His name. Hallowed be thy name. And then we pray the other things. And as those things are accomplished in our lives, His name is more and more hallowed and those people around us. In this earth. So it seems bad when we're afflicted. It seems bad when God chastens us. The Bible says God chastens and corrects every son that He receives. He corrects us. Sometimes His correction, it's always in love. 
But that doesn't mean it's always easy. When he says, you've got to change this. This has to be straightened up. It can't go on this way. You've got to believe me for this. I'm not content with you not trusting me for this. You can't just pretend that it's a problem that exists and, and not take action on it. I'm calling you to rise up and change this situation. And so when the Lord chastens us, it tells us not to despise the chastening of the Lord. And so that means we receive it, we embrace it, and we appreciate when God corrects us. Also, the psalmist said in Psalm Division 4 and verse 1, You have enlarged me when I was in distress. Really? Is this part of the afflictions of the righteous? Lord, I'm in a tight squeeze. Things are squeezing in on me. But yet the psalmist said, You have enlarged me when I was in distress. Distress. How many of you know David the psalmist? <coughs> he was open to share about the trials he went through. It was not like he never mentioned that he went through a battle or trial, but he was open to mention the trials he went through. But always he would usually follow it up with something similar to this. But my trust is in thee. My faith is in thee. I remember one place it says, be not afraid of sudden fear. When sudden fear comes upon you, how can you not be afraid? Well, you have to take immediate action to put that G-force against that sudden fear. When you get a bad report, you immediately you respond. You see, when you become a declared a righteous person and you're a faith-filled person down through the years, the Bible says, a faithful man shall abound with blessings. That means a man that's been tried and tested over a period of time in many different areas. It says he will abound with blessings. And so when that, when, when that comes, you have to apply that grace force. He said, you enlarge me. Do I want to be enlarged? Do I want the Lord to make me a better Christian? Do I want the Lord to use me? Do I want the Lord to make me into his image and change me from glory to glory? Well, then sometimes that means being put in that, dis, you know, that, in that uh, distressful situation where that I absolutely have no other alternative. I have uh, no other answer. I, no one can take, take it away. I can't deal with it. I only have the hope of trusting in God. That's all I can do. But that's enough. That's more than enough. If we trust Him, He'll determine when our faith is real. And in heaven, He'll put down to our account righteousness. And He and the Father will say, let's release the grace now into this situation. I started to preach tonight on let it rain, but I decided it had been raining enough. But, <laughs> but I was talking about Romans 5, 17. Much more they that receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, the two go together. When you're declared righteousness, then, <coughs> then the Lord will release grace into your situation that you've been believing for. He said, they that receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, what? They shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus. It says in John chapter 1, I didn't bring, I had Della cover this off 
from the Amplified, but after I changed my message and bring it up here a bit, it says in John chapter 1, of His fullness have we all received, and grace for grace. We've received all the grace. It's in our account. The question is, can we make proper withdrawals on that account? And it's not just by signing. It's by applying faith. Faith is the withdrawal mechanism from the grace of God in heaven. Praise God. And then it's a blessing and it's so good when our faith is tried and tested. When it's tried and tested. Wow. The Bible says in Revelation 1 that God has made us kings and priests to our God. So if that's what He has legally made us, then it behooves us to say, I'm going to live as a king. I'm going to live as a priest. If, if that's my, my legal know, status before the throne of God in heaven, then my experiential status must come into alignment with what God intended for me to be. So I'll probably close with this one here over in the, this precious verse in the, we all know, let's see, I believe it's in First Peter. Let me turn over there and read. And see if we can. I wanna, I wanna, I can pretty much quote it, but I, I wanna, I wanna get the, the statements right so that we'll know. First Peter, chapter one. It says right up above it. It talks about the great. Uh, Reservation that we have in heaven, that inheritance. And, uh, you know, verse 3 about the, uh, he hath begotten us again to living hope and to that inheritance and so forth and so on, all those great things. And then he comes on down and then he says, Wherein you great rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaven through manifold temptations. None of us enjoy heaviness. Uh, I was thinking earlier this week or week before, sometimes when you're going through a new situation <coughs> of faith, a new situation that we talked about, maybe you're in a new area. Especially if you're physically feeling really bad or emotionally you under heavy assault. Sometimes it's it's not. It's not easy to rise up and just take an all out faith assault. Sometimes you just want to just you know have rest and we do need to as we said before, rest in the Lord. But I've found out in my life, you know, that sometimes when something comes against me, I will maybe let it tarry for a bit, uh, you know, before I rise up in the strength of the Lord and make the stand I need to make. But the Lord will give you strength to have strength to make the stand. If you trust Him, He'll give you the strength to have strength to make the stand when you don't feel like you're up to it or you just can't. 
seemed to rise up. But he said, where in you greatly rejoice for the season you're in heaven is through manifold. Manifold means you got several things coming at you from a different direction. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes. How, how valuable is it? How valuable is it? More valuable than gold. Gold's worth a lot right now. I manage some about $1,600 an ounce. And, and, and considered, I guess, about the most, one of the most costly metals in the world. <clears throat> but he said, your faith has got to be tried to see if it's genuine. Though it be tried with fire. So all true metals and metallurgists, they know what it is to try metals, precious metals, with the refiner's fire. The Bible says the word of the Lord is pure, pure words is go silver tried in the furnace of earth purified seven times that means all dross has to be taken out so in my case in your case god says i got to take the doubts out yeah i mean i know you're trying to believe me but we got we got to get rid of the doubts you've got to come to assurance you've got to overcome the uncertainty you've got to apply, get to a place of knowledge i think sometimes we just think well if i'm just believing that the lord can do this i'm just believing the lord can do this i've got faith that that is not uh, that is not a certification of faith in the courts of heaven. God has to take the doubts out and remove uncertainty and worry and fear and dread and all the things that go along with it until uh, we are fully persuaded that what He promised, He's able to perform. He said that it might be found under what? Praise and glory and honor at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So the trial of our faith is precious. In God's sight. So, some things... Oh, I was going to close with one other passage. I believe it's in Psalm 84. Let me turn there and read. Verse 4. Blessed are they that dwell in your house. They will be still praising thee. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee. Say, I know, I know I'm weak. No one has to persuade me. 77 years old. And I'm not just talking about getting weaker in a physical body because I've got a mortal body. I'm talking about uh, I'm more dependent on the Lord than I've ever been. If, 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 you know, something is accomplished and done by the Lord, it has to be with my dependence on Him, not on the flesh. Not that we're sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves. He said, uh, in whose ways, heart, in whose heart, we, what we've been talking about tonight is putting God's ways in our heart. Who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. The, the valley of Baca means uh, a valley of weeping. And this is sort of like the afflictions of the righteous. You're going through a valley of weeping, but you're going to turn it into a well. That's what it means by faith to become righteous. You're going to change that weeping situation. By faith, you're going to change it into a well by the power of God and by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appears before God. And when you're turning what seems to be some bad things into good, <clears throat> it may be the middle of the night, it may be over in the morning, it may be, I don't know when it may be, but you're constantly appearing before God. You're going up to that throne of grace in your heart. It may be out loud, it may be in the morning devotional, it may be in the middle of the night, but you are going 
to appear before God on a constant and a regular basis because He's your very life. I praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So let's just recognize tonight, if we're going through a different situation than we've been through before, God's taking us on or allowing us to go on another aspect of our journey. So let's bow our heads and declare and decree that we're coming through it, and if it's a valley of weeping, we're going to turn it into a well. Whatever it is, that our faith is going to be tried and proved to be right, and we, if we need to be delivered out of it, we will be delivered because the Bible says when we are declared righteous, we'll receive deliverance out of that situation. Father God, we thank you for your word and your truth. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've brought us all thus far. Lord, it is a fight. Lord, it is a journey. Lord, it is a, uh, it is a journey filled with many and varied uh, ups and downs and uh, mountains and valleys, Lord, that we have to trust you to, to, to correct and, and take us through and, Lord, make them plain and level and all of those things, Lord. We thank you that you've delivered us out of so many things and proven yourself strong for us. And, Lord, we're going to trust you all the way to the end for every situation until we can say with the Apostle Paul, I have finished my course. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Hallelujah.